The Florida Football Insiders Podcast is presented by Beef O'Brady's here in Tampa, located at the corner of Bush Boulevard and Himes Avenue, as well as Home Slice Pizza Company and Hank's Barbecue. Enjoy the podcast. A look at college football news, analysis, and insight from around the Sunshine State. This is Florida Football Insiders, a part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. And here's your host, Jason Powers. Welcome into the Florida Football Insiders podcast presented by Beefo Brady's here in Tampa. Beefo Brady's on the corner, uh, location in the corner of Bush Boulevard and Himes Avenue. Appreciate you finding us this week. We have gotten uh, our championship week. Champions are, have been crowned in all of our major Power Five conferences. We know what the playoff brackets look like now. We've got Georgia and Ohio State in one semifinal, and we've got TCU and Michigan in the other semifinal. Um, so we're going to have a good episode for you today. Before we get to uh, Coach Levitt, we're going to talk to Coach Levitt one more time, and we're also going to talk to Vince Ferrara from 99.1, sport, the sports animal in Knoxville, Tennessee, concerning the USF hiring of, of head coach Alex Galesh, the Tennessee offensive coordinator under Josh Heupel, takes over the USF program. Um, so we're going to have a good in-depth talk about Coach Galesh and his philosophies and all that kind of good stuff as he comes to Tampa to take over the struggling USF program. Other news around the state, you had FAU hired Tom Herman, the former Texas coach, to be their new head coach. They, they let go Willie Taggart at the end of the year. There is some speculation that Willie Taggart might be involved with Deion Sanders' staff out at Colorado since uh, as, he, as he was has taken that job out in Boulder. So we'll stay tuned on that. Um, you know, there's some transfer portal news that there's transfer portal has opened up this week and uh, lots of players from the state of Florida are involved in that. I know a lot of USF guys are involved in, the, in or have entered the transfer portal. Numerous guys out of Florida have entered the uh, transfer portal. You will probably see a couple guys from Florida State trickle into the portal here as it, as it gets going. So plenty and plenty of transfer portal news to come here in the coming days and weeks as, t- as kids enter the portal and then commit to new places. So we will have some updates for you as we move along. We will have one more episode of the Florida Football Insiders podcast. We are, Remember, we're part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast podcast network. We'll have one more episode leading into this into the uh, uh, college football playoff semifinal. So between the week of Christmas and New Year's, we will release another episode um, previewing the the semifinal games and a couple bowl games and such. And I'm sure there will be some other coaching news and such. We'll have Coach Levitt on one more time during that during that uh, podcast as well, and we'll have some good guests for you as well previewing the uh, semifinal matchup. So. We're going to take a couple of weeks off after this episode concludes uh, for, for the Christmas holidays. But again, we will have another episode coming out between Christmas and New Year's. Because remember, the college football playoffs are on New Year's Eve on the 31st. So 
Uh, there'll be plenty of bowl games throughout. I know Florida and Florida State will play. Uh, Florida plays in mid-December, I believe, and I'll have to double-check when Florida State plays uh, their bowl game. It's probably closer to New Year's Day um, than it is the middle of December. But I just want to give a shout-out to Steve Carney again one more time. He's kind of been our quarterback here of the uh, the podcast network that we're a part of. Thanks for all the hard work with Steve putting together the podcast and getting them posted every week. So thank you, Steve. Again, shout-out to Coach Levitt for being such a uh, tremendous guest for us and for you, the audience, throughout these 14 weeks. Hopefully you've gathered some inside knowledge and some more details of what it's like to be a head coach, what what coaches are thinking in certain situations, how coaches handle all the different things that go into being a head football coach uh, throughout the year. So. You're going to get one more great episode with Coach Lev. We're going to have a good we – we had a great chat. And then you're going to hear from Vince Ferrara, 99.1, in Knoxville about Alex Galesh, new head coach of the USF Bulls. So we'll be back in just a minute or two with Coach Jim Levitt. College football fans, we know that the season is winding down. Bowl games are in the near future as well as the college football playoff. And we know you're looking for the best seats at the most competitive prices. Take advantage of Ticket Smarter and their mobile app. Ticket Smarter is partnered with more than 100 universities and 24 conferences as their official ticket resale marketplace. They've also partnered with ESPN Events as an official ticket resale partner with the best selection of college football tickets. Ticket Smarter makes sure fans from all over the country experience the power and excitement of college football live. Purchase your tickets quickly, securely, and at the best prices on the secondary market with Ticket Smarter's mobile app or at TicketSmarter.com. In addition, we've got an additional offer for you for those of you that are listening as part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network and the Florida Football Insiders Podcast. Take 5% off of your purchase of $100 or more with our promo code GRIDIRON22. That's GRIDIRON22 for 5% off of your order of $100 or more, and that code isn't just for a one-time use. You can use it as many times as you'd like during the college football season to see the biggest games left to be played. Check out the selections, pricing now with Ticket Smarter, and remember our code GRIDIRON22. Think smarter, ticket smarter. Hey guys and girls, with the college football season getting to the holidays here in November and December, you need a sports book with integrity and longevity that you can rely on like BetUS. BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for over 25 years, thriving and paying their loyal customer base quickly and securely. Go to BetUS.com and take advantage of an offer we have on our shows from the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network and here in the Florida Football Insiders Podcast, as well as the Powers on Sports Podcast. You'll receive 125% sign-up bonus by using our code COAST22. That's COAST22. Put $100 in, you'll get an additional $125 to play with. $200, you'll get $250 to play with, and so on and so forth. BetUS also has all the NFL, World Cup, NHL, NBA, and even college basketball that's about to tip off here in the holiday season, as well as almost any other sport you can think of. But we all know you are college football fans at heart, as well as NFL fans, and we want you to be with us all season long on BetUS. Check them out at BetUS.com, and remember our 125% matching bonus for all initial signups with our code COAST. 22 bet us 
You bet, you win, and you get paid. All right, welcome back. Coach in the Kicker segment, Coach Jim Levitt. We have wrapped up championship week. We finally know who's in the playoff. It's Georgia 1, Michigan 2, TCU 3, even after losing a heartbreaker in overtime, and number 4, Ohio State slips in the back door thanks to USC going down on Friday night in Las Vegas. Coach, welcome back. It's good to be back, boys. It's uh, is this our last uh, last one? Well, we're gonna do one more before the playoff. Me and you, I'm gonna give you a couple weeks off, and we're gonna do one more before the playoff. All right. But yes, you've been awesome this year. I've been, it's been a real pleasure getting you on, and I, again, you you provide such great insight on all the different aspects of coaching in the college football world all right let's get I, right i got all the colorado stuff on to honor dion <laughs> yeah, i was gonna say you're not going to dion are you you're not going out to boulder now with dion are you uh no i i i, I did my you know we won 10 games the other one year i was there yeah. i was there two years the one first year we only won four then we won 10 and that's when i went into the season they've had in about 20 years i think he swears they're gonna win out there. He'll he'll bring some juice out there though. With some, he'll get some kids and he'll bring some juice out to Boulder. Yeah, it'll be fun. See what happens. All right, let's get to the playoffs. What, what any any just overbearing thoughts on obviously the dramatic game in Dallas with TCU and Kansas State? You talked about we talked Kansas State was a live team last week. You really liked what you saw out of Kansas State. TCU good comeback. They. The, they get stopped on the goal line in overtime on the one-yard line, and then key, TCU goes down and kicks the game-winning field goal. And then, obviously, USC and Utah Friday night. Uh, you know, Utah, just the we, – again, we talked about Utah, the gritty guttiness, the toughness of Utah just overwhelmed uh, USC. You know, Utah's an interesting program because, in some ways, I'm not so sure they're not one of the top programs in the country. It's – you know, I mean, they beat uh, – the USC twice, right? I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah. And and uh, they lost a game in Florida where I thought Utah was a better team. Yeah. And the only other loss they had was Oregon, I believe. And, you know, Oregon had a good team as well. So Utah's, Utah had a very good team this year. And, uh, you know, it's, um, you know, Ohio State, I think a lot of people kind of enjoy seeing them in it because they were, they, you know, they, um, they just dominate everybody all year long till the end and they lost to Michigan. Michigan did a great job that one game and it's going to be interesting now. Ohio State's back in there. And well, those Ohio State people are excited. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was, I was with Sonny Dykes at SMU, you know, so TCU, what a great job uh, he and his staff have done there this yeah. year to get the playoffs. And, you know, they're so explosive uh, offensively and they, they've played um, good enough defense to right. get them there and then georgia is just man they, they seem like the team certainly to beat uh and then michigan you know so i don't know it's gonna be um it's gonna be fun to watch and we'll talk like i said we'll, we'll have one more uh uh coach in the kicker segment here in, in a couple of weeks previewing the, the championship games we'll really get into the Coach and I will really get into the X's and O's of each of these matchups uh, for the for the playoff games here in a couple of weeks. Talk about um, you know a lot of people are, you know questioning should Ohio State get in, should Alabama get in? Now, obviously, you heard Nick Saban over the weekend. We lose two games by four points on the last play of the game, as opposed to Ohio State getting blown out at home. Any thoughts of Alabama getting in over Ohio State? Or are you okay with that? No, you know it's it's um I, I think Saban's got a you know, he's going to do it. He's 
you know, he, he's head coach of that program. Yeah. And, and I'm not so sure Alabama is not one of the, shouldn't be in there, but you know, you just, you can't, you, you can't do it. The precedent with two losses, you know, and Tennessee was one of them. And, you know, it's just going to be hard. It would be hard to take Alabama. And, and you know, I could see people arguing and debating it. Yep. I'm not so sure that they're not right. Right. Uh, and that's why people want to expand it from four to, you know, to six or 12 or whatever, you know. Uh, are, you try- exci- are you excited that it got expanded to 12? Basically, they came to an agreement last week, right. the yeah, Rose Bowl, to go to 12. Are you excited? Is, do you like 12 as a number? Oh, I don't know. You know, I haven't thought a lot about it. You know, it's just, uh, you know, more money, more TV, you know, more teams getting in uh, probably helps. You know, I, I'm such an old school guy. I kind of liked it when they, all the bowl games meant a lot. Yeah. And they did just name it, uh, you know, a team that was the best team in the country. And that seemed to work forever until they changed it. And uh, so I know people would probably criticize me because they, you know, you, you know, because all the Division Two and Division Three had, you know, playoffs. Right. Right. So they're probably going more towards that format. Uh, so, you know, uh, it's, one so, it's thing okay. I, yeah. One, one thing I'm not, I'm surprised I've not heard anybody talk about the a playoff team could potentially have to play four more games, 17 games you could potentially have to play in a, in a college football. If you were the 12th seed and you, let's say you went to a championship game and lost, that's, that's 13 games right there, four more games in the playoffs. Are these kids going to – do you think that these kids ought to get a little bit of, of a stipend each playoff round they go to financially with as much money that's going into these games from the TV networks? I haven't heard anybody talk about do you pay these kids a couple thousand bucks per game for every team that makes it? What, do, what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, college football has changed so much, and I'm not so sure for the better, you know, right. personally. It's just, it's just different. And there's so many variables out there, and – things to talk about it's it's difficult you know the tv yeah they're making all this money and i certainly see the argument for pay players i really do um and but you know we we've we've missed the boat somewhere you know the nil the transfer portal i don't like it at all right. i think it's much and i don't think it's a good thing for college football i think it's a very bad thing and uh um you know i think it's sad to be honest with you with the, the direction that college football is going uh, you know, it's, you know, it's supposed to be an amateur athlete. The education meant so much. I remember when I got a scholarship to the University of Missouri, and I thought that was the greatest thing in, in the world. But times change. TV market's different. Everything's different. But it's, I think it's gotten to be out of control. And I don't, uh, I don't like it, you know, personally. Now, you know, how many games did Division Two and Division Three? Uh you know, it used to be the one double A's, right? Uh, games they play uh, to, uh, you know, they do they have to play that many games. You know, people are going to make the argument, well, they can. I don't know why anybody can't, but it seems too much. Yes, you know, you know, when I was in the NFL, we went to the NFC Championship game uh, three times, playing the Super Bowl once. You know, it was twenty three or twenty four games. That's a lot of football. Pros, but they don't have it. They don't have school. It's different. It's a long season for them. Of course, right. your top don't play those four games, those preseason games, much. But it was it was a it was a lot of football. It is. That's a lot of ball. That's a lot of a lot of ball for sure. All right, let's let's um 
you know, let's transition to some of the coaching hires over the weekend. Several jobs got filled. We had some breaking news Monday morning. We'll talk about it here in just a second. FAU fills their job. Willie Taggart let go. Tom Herman, the former Texas coach, brought in. USF uh, lets – obviously, Jeff Scott was let go several weeks ago. Alex Galesh, who's the off, co-offensive coordinator at Tennessee with Josh Heupel, is, is brought in to be the new USF coach. Colorado hires Deion Sanders. Liberty hires Jamie Chadwell, who went from Coastal Carolina to Liberty to, Liberty, to fill the job where Hugh Freeze left. And then breaking news on Monday morning – the Louisville coach, somebody I know you know, Scott Satterfield, leaves Louisville to go to right up the road to Cincinnati, which is kind of a, um, you know, in that part of the world, that'll, that'll get a lot of attention. So any of those names strike you as somebody that you really think is going to do a really good job where they're going? Well, I like Satterfield. I think, you know, I, I know him. And uh, uh, it was interesting, Louisville, when I was at SMU, as the interim head coach before we, we were supposed to play Virginia in the um, – in the bowl game there in, uh, you know, in, uh, I guess, Yankee Stadium up there, we, uh, they came and practiced on our fields and, and I, but I've known him and I, I, I've always watched him, you know, when I was at Florida State, we ended up beating him in a really good game. I, I like him. I think he's a very good coach. You know, you got to wonder um, the motivation and why he's right. doing what he's doing, uh, whether it was kind of just time to leave Louisville and, a lot of pressure and I don't know, but I, I think he's a really good coach. Uh, the new guy at, at South Florida, I don't really know him. Uh, Tennessee certainly had a really good year. Uh, so, you know, you just don't know, you know, you, you really don't know till, you know, after they play <laughs> and, you know, and, you know, it's, it's certainly not about the press conference, even though everybody wants it to be, sure. uh, it's, it's a body of work and uh, we won't know how good these moves are till, you know, years later. I mean, when Jeff Scott took the job at uh, South Florida, I'm sure people were pretty excited yep. coming from Clemson, co-offense coordinator uh, from Florida. Right. Uh, great guy. Um, dad was, was a, you know, had a lot of success yep. coach. Yep. You know, the program was down and, you know, struggled. <laughs> so, you know, in time, he may, may be a great hire. You, you just don't know. It may not be. And there's so many other things that are involved. Um, you know, so the Liberty, I don't know. Uh, he's done a great job at Coastal Carolina. I don't really know him. Yeah. Oh, he's done. They've done great there. So, uh, you know, Liberty is, it's interesting. Liberty's gotten some pop. They pump you know, some money into that program, man. They're paying their coach and they are pumping some money into their resources. I, I guess four million a year. They're talking about paying him. That's a lot of money. Uh, um, so it's, it's, um, you, know, you just don't know, you know, Hugh Freeze going to Auburn. I think that's, I think Hugh Freeze is a heck of a coach. I think he does a great job. You know, people are going to get involved in all the different off-field things. But, you know, Hugh Freeze and I met, you know, about the uh, Ole Miss defense coordinator job. And, you know, uh, Hugh Freeze, um, you know, I was set to go there. And then I interviewed for the head job at Kansas State. And that kind of, um, and then I ended up going to, going to Oregon. So it was right. crazy. They obviously hired a really good guy at Kansas State. <laughs> What's the first order of business when you take a new job like this, head coaching job? I don't care if it's at a big school, little school, whatever. What is the first couple of days? I mean, obviously, you probably are making calls about a staff and all that stuff. What is the first 
I mean, you, when you get there, you don't have a place to live. I mean, do you find a, what are you trying to find a place to live? What's the first day or two like at a new job of actually doing work and what are you doing? Well, you, if I'm going into job, I'm going to find if my quarterback's good, I'm going to go find him <laughs> right away. Right. And I think you, you got to get your players immediately, like right away. And you got to start having meetings with your players. You're going to have, uh, you know, you're going to multitask. You're going to have a lot of things going on at the same time. You got to hire staff. Right. You got to get recruiting. You got the uh, transfer portal involved. You've got uh, you've got a million things going on at one time, and you got to be able to handle all of it at the same time. You know, it's not. But you better see your players, and you better get one on one with your players. You know, you can have that team meeting, and then you better start setting up a schedule with uh, with uh, you know your assistant. Uh, you better start putting a schedule there to meet with your players one on one. So, so when you're hiring a staff, obviously on the day you hire, you get to. I mean, there's some of these jobs he may not. I mean, a guy like Alex Galesh man, I'd have known he was getting the job till Saturday night. Who knows? You right. already have. You already have that list together of guys you're going to call before Saturday. This these couple guys at every position. How do you, as far as putting together a staff, that can't be a one phone call and it's done. It probably takes some time to put put together a. 10 or 15 person staff, right? Yeah, it, it will. It will. It's not going to be easy, you know, because the most important thing, you better get a great strength coach. That's, that's number one. Right. You're good in that area. And then your coordinators, you know, you got to get those because a lot of times coordinators are going to want to bring their own people with them. Okay. Anymore, the way it is now. So you'll lean on your coordinators quite a bit, but you got to get a strength because the, the players on final exams, they'll go home, but they'll come back and then, and, the, and start hitting the weight room, you know. So you want to get you want to get that that position. You want to make sure that position is really good. Uh, you know, just it just takes time. You're just going to do it, and 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 you don't have time. You when know. Comes, so when it comes to recruiting lists and stuff like that, does the does the place you're going to do they provide <clears throat> you that information, or is that something you got to bring with you? I mean, if you're going from like Deion Sanders from Mississippi to Colorado, you're not going to necessarily know all the kids out west. Where do you get that information from if you're a guy like Deion Sanders? Well, you're going to lean on the recruiting coordinator that was there. Okay. You know, okay. A little bit. But if they're gone, you've already been recruiting at Jackson State. You're certainly going to recruit different guys. Right. Out to people you know. You know, I mean, you you know, he – Deion probably has his staff all set maybe, you know, and, and those guys will just start working it. They got to get into LA. They know they're in the Pac-12. They've got to get right. out to LA, and they got to go to Texas because they've been going to Texas quite a bit because it's about an eight-hour drive from Dallas to uh, to Boulder. Okay. So, you know, they'll probably work that angle. But Dion's going to work national. He'll work off the transfer portal. But then you got to evaluate your team. You got to evaluate for what your scheme are offensively, defensively, and you've got to look at the players you have. And that that takes watch. time, though, right? That just takes yeah. time of watching film, right? Right. Yeah. You got to do it. You're not going to sleep. You're just not, <laughs> you know, you're going to get three, four hours of sleep a night. That's it. But you're so excited about the job that sure. you don't need many more than four hours a night and you're just going to crank it out. You know, it, you know, in the nighttime after 10, 11 at night, you can do a lot of work till two or three in the morning, you know, do a lot of that film work and sure. evaluate, you know, and go talk to the, the coaches that are there. You know, they all want to stay on. They yeah. want a job. So they're going to give you as much information as they can. But it's, it's, uh, 
you know, you're so excited about the job. You know, you're excited about being hired. So you just go on adrenaline and you just, you just do the best you can. Right. You know, but you got to see your players. Got to hold off players and go on a transfer board, at least two or three or four that you really want to keep and do the best job you can there, you know? So when you, when you're going to hire a staff, does the athletics director, does he tell you, Hey coach, you got, X number of dollars in total to hire your assistant? Does he, does he give you a specific number for each coach? How does, how does kind of because neg- I, you, you know, obviously these guys all want to make as much money as they can as assistants, but do you tell the assistant, Hey coach, I got, I got X number of dollars to pay you as the running backs coach. I got, I can pay you. Is that, is that determined by the athletics director or do you have any wiggle room in that as the head coach? Uh, the, the athletic director is going to tell you, this is done before you're hired. Okay. What your uh, salary pool is. And okay. if you're, you don't, he won't care how you're going to divvy it up. Okay. Or should he, you know, but he's going to say, Hey, here's, here's the pool of money that you have, uh, work with it. You know, I mean, that was when I interviewed for a number of different jobs, Alabama or, uh, uh Kansas state or Texas tech or right. Colorado, any uh, Colorado state, I, th- those that was told me what the pool of money was going to be, Okay, you know, <laughs> You know, the, so that was that was all there. You know, so you knew going in what you were going to have, and then you know you're right. If you if you if you're you need a little bit more, maybe a hundred thousand more here or there. You feel like this uh, this guy is that good? You go to your AD and work it out, find a way. How fast will this? How fast are these new places? Will the staff all be in whatever city they're in? Are they all there? If the guy gets hired. You know, if the coach gets hired Saturday, are they are they there by the end of this week? Everybody's going to be in, in in that new city. How does that work? Well, if he's hired Saturday, he might be there Saturday night. <laughs> He'll go fast. Uh, you know, he's uh, like most of these guys get these head jobs. They've already got relationships. They already know who they probably want to hire. Okay. And and you know, for about four or five six positions, they're 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 already set. And uh, sometimes you will, there are sometimes you'll want an assistant coach and that coordinator may not want that assistant coach, but you're going to hire him because that's who you want. Right. And um, for recruiting or for whatever purposes you want. And uh, uh, the, you're, you're moving fast, really fast. You know, I mean, I'm. it's, it's, and you know what's going to happen also? Some of these head coaches are going to hire somebody and they're going to, and they're going to be there and then they're going to go to another job in like three weeks. <laughs> a better opportunity yeah. like the guy that just got hired in south florida he may hire staff and they might end up at uh cincinnati right they may end up at uh colorado in in a number of weeks right. it, that's and that's not unrealistic that was happened some that was happened a number of times now we don't ever hear about we we hear about all the head coach and no. stuff on the in the media we don't hear about these about the running back coach or the special teams coordinator or somebody like that jumping ship and all that kind of good stuff and that's just part of that business as you well know Sure. Uh, yeah. Um, all right. I want to hit, hit you a couple things uh, before we let you go. Army Navy this week. What what a, what a tri- what a rivalry. What a game just for the country and for those kids. Just talk about the spectacle that is the Army Navy game. Well, I'd really like to go to this this game sometime in my life. I, I really would. Um, I can't imagine a, a more fun game to go to. And uh, this year. Boy, I don't know where the the line is on this game, right? Because Army has had struggled, but then they've won some other big games. Navy struggled early, but then look at some of the teams they beat, right? 
this game, I think, is going to go down the wire, and I don't. I would. It's a flip of the coin who's going to win this one. Yeah. I really. Boy, this no is idea. one of those pageantry rivalry games. It doesn't matter what the records are. You know, most years the game is very competitive. I mean, most years it's a one-score game going to the fourth quarter kind of game, and just the pageantry of the game, all the tradition and all the kids that are in the stadium, all the military uh, paraphernalia. Obviously, we all know people that have got military background. Just I, I'm with you. I think that's a bucket list. I'd like to take my dad to that game one of these years. And, uh, you know, whether it's Philadelphia, or I know they rotate the location where they play, but it's typically in the Northeast. But just what a pageantry game. Have you ever been in a military kind of game like that? Well, no, I mean, we, we played Army and Navy. You know, I've done that a few times. So, you know, I've, I've faced you those. play Air Force at Colorado when you were at Colorado? Did you guys play Air Force? No, we never – I've never lined up against Air Force. Okay. They're all – that offense. You know, when I was at uh, SMU, when I was the interim head coach, uh, the, the decision was between Virginia and Air Force, <laughs> two yeah. of the most prolific offenses in the country last year. <laughs> I didn't know who I'd rather go up against. There was – there neither. They're both both a challenge. So, uh, but never never lined up against Air Force. I really like their head coach. I think he's a really good guy. I've known him for a long time, and done a great job there. All right, Heisman Trophy. They're going to announce that in a couple of weeks. Here, probably a couple names. You got the kid from USC, Caleb Williams. You got the kid from uh, you got the kid from uh, TCU, Duggan. You got CJ Stroud potentially from Ohio State. Who, who do you like in the Heisman Trophy? I don't know. I haven't followed it like that, you know, with specific players, you know, who's done the best for their team. You got to look at quarterback. I know Duggins. I mean, look at TCU. I mean, Duggins wasn't even really the starter at the beginning of the year. They had had kind of going back and forth. And then Duggins got in there. I, I don't know if the other guy got hurt or what happened, but Duggins got in there and then just took over. The The quarterback at USC is – he is unbelievable. Yeah. He's a great player. And, uh, but they all are, you know. Uh, who has done the most, impacted the team the most? Probably, well, look the US, at, probably USC guy because they got no defense out there. Yeah, but look at TCU. Yeah, I mean, it's true. I don't know. I don't know because, you know, nobody expected TCU being a Final Four. That's right. It, it, they're there and not USC. So. <laughs> That's right. Then he had the kid from Michigan who hurt his knee, or he would have been there. Quorum, the running back, who had an unbelievable year for Michigan. Yeah, it's you know I don't know, boy. I don't know. I don't. I don't know this year who it's going to be. It's a good right. question. All right, t- last thing I'll get you out of here. Talk about the momentum of a big win in like a team like Kansas State. What is this momentum of a huge Big Twelve championship in a, in a you know year that you weren't supposed to win it? A lot of people had other people winning it. How does that momentum go? Give you such a bounce into the offseason, both just from your own program and recruiting. How talk about how how that being on the national spotlight of beating a team like TCU for a conference title is such a boom to your program? Well, you, you know, I don't even think. How do I put this in the right way? You know, one of your goals is to win the conference. So if you've established that, so whether it is momentum for the future or helps you recruiting or makes everybody happy, whatever. I mean, the moment in itself is, is what you, what you, you know, what you, you're coaching and your work and your winter conditioning and your spring ball and summer workouts. And for years and years and years for that one moment, 
you right. know, and you take that in as long as you can, you know, because the next day it's recruiting. It's, it's, the <laughs> it's starting all over again, you know, uh, and it's just that moment. It's just like when we, you know, it's not the same. I know when you win a conference championship like that, that's a big deal and the way they want it. Yeah. Yes, it's going to be great for them. But my point is this, like we beat West Virginia that one Friday night. Yeah, I'll never forget walking back out in the field with the police officers, the guys that were always hanging out with me. <laughs> and I told them, I said, you know, I always like walking out in this field right now after everything's, you know, everybody's picking Quiet up. Down. Yep, a little calm. And just for the moment, I said, just to pause right now to take this in. Because when we leave this field right now, and I'm talking to the, those those guys, I said, then it's on to the next game. On to the next recruit, on to the next whatever. And for Kansas State, when you win a conference championship, it's different because it's, you know, the, you know, the, what you're trying to get done. It's the uh, epitome of everything, you know, it's, you know, so sure it's going to help. It's, it's, it's going to help everybody because that's such a huge goal for you. And, you know, on, and on the flip side, what about the fuel of a huge loss on a team like USC that knows they would have been in the playoff? You're, you're no longer in the playoffs because you lose the conference title game from the player's perspective and the coaching perspective. Obviously, the coaches are always going to – that's going to be a new thing. Oh, we got to get better on defense and all that. I get it. But just the emotional – like you said, the emotional letdown of, damn, we were one – you know, we're one half of a way or one bad quarter away from being in the college football playoff to win a national title. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's it's you, you, it's hard. You you never get over those games when you lose, and that was probably the thing I told the team. Um, you know, when I was um, when I was when I was at South Florida or other places, I used to tell players this all the time. I said, "What's going to get me out of coaching is losses. I cannot. No, I don't know how to deal with them. <laughs> I have a hard time with losses, and because it just because I always felt like it was my fault, right." I never felt like it was the offense coordinator or defense coordinator or any assistant coaches. I never felt like it was the players. I always felt like it was me. And to take that on yourself is, is hard. And, you know, fortunately we didn't, we won a lot more games than we lost. And that's been throughout my career, but losses are, are so devastating and so difficult. Uh, it's really, really, it's a real, it was a real challenge for me to get over losses, just really, really hard. So, um, you know, they'll bounce back, you know, every day that happens is, you know, you, you, you breathe a little bit better and uh, they don't have time, you know, they got a bowl game, uh, against a really good team. You know, you embrace that. You've had a great season. You lost to one team twice. Yeah. But you had a great season and, you know, you try to, you try to, Talk about the positives in every way you can. You know, you certainly don't want to show your uh, sadness or right. depression to people, you know. Um, you you had a great season. You had a great year, you know. And, you know, uh, on to recruiting. Be positive. Now, know? for the, the four teams that are still playing, are you going to give them this week off pretty much? Let them recruit yeah. and recover? Let them get their – obviously, most of those kids got final exams coming in the next probably week, week and a half to get out of school. Are you going to let – are you going to let that – this next nine or ten days really let light on the football and let them take care of their academics and all – in recovery? 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I tell them to get away from football, you know, do everything but football. Yeah. You know, uh, go see your families, get your final exams done, you know, see your families, get some, take some time off. I, I wouldn't even want them in the weight room, to be honest right. with you. Right. Some want to, but I, I'd let your strength coaches get away too, you know, right now. Of course, you got recruiting. So, you know, you're going to keep them around, but um, absolutely. Cause it's, it's, it's the timing on, building for these, these these games are are big and you're preparing to win it all so you're not talking about one game but two so right you know, uh, absolutely well coach great job i know you're you're heading you're heading to monday night football on monday night to see right. the bucks and the saints yeah, i'll be there yep yep so that should be a good atmosphere in raymond james stadium appreciate the time we will have like i said uh fans we will have coach back the week of the champion uh, the of uh, the semifinal games, which I believe is right before New Year, so we'll have one more uh, episode coaching the kickers, part of the uh, Florida Football Insiders podcast. Uh, that week of, we'll do a little break. We'll do a little X's and O's breakdown of each game, maybe a couple of the big bowl games and all that such. But but, coach, great work. I'm, gonna, I'm giving you a couple weeks off now. You can go recover. You can go. <laughs> Yeah. No, no recruiting now. No recruiting. I don't want you on the recruiting trail. Um, I was at, I was Friday night. I'll tell you this. I was refereeing Friday night, the state semifinal in Venice. It was Venice high school, which I know, you know, against Gainesville Buckholtz. And there were some, there were a lot of coaches on the sidelines. I saw Ohio state coach there recruiting. So, I mean, you're, what you say is right on, man. These guys are always recruiting. Um, so I was fortunate enough to referee the game. It was a great game. 42, 35 Venice wins. Great game. Venice goes to the state championship coming up in a week or so, but your, your point is well taken. These guys don't ever really take much time off these coaches. They're freaking a guy from the Ohio state coach was right there on the sidelines in Venice, Florida, Friday night. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. You know, I used to, as a head coach, I used to give him a week off after signing date in February uh, because you don't have time. You, you got to grind right through Christmas, and it's just the way it is. Now they've changed the calendar a little bit, so they do give you a little bit more time in Christmas. But, uh, you know, yeah, it's it's on. It is on for sure. Well, enjoy the Bucks win. Let's get the Bucks to the finish line Monday night with old Tom. Let's, we, want, we want you to get some playoff tickets, man. We got to win the game to, get, to wrap up the South here. That's right. All right. Have a great week. We'll talk in a couple weeks, Coach. All right. We'll see you. Florida Football Insiders Podcast is presented by Beefo Brady's. Beefo Brady's at the corner of Bush Boulevard and Himes Avenue in Tampa in the Carrollwood and Forest Hills area. For all of your football, baseball, basketball, hockey, viewing pleasures, check out Beefo Brady's. Every day of the week they're open. Whether you're wanting to watch games on Thursday night, Saturday, Sunday, Monday night, your favorite hockey team, your favorite college basketball team, NBA team, check out Beefo Brady's. If you're looking for any catering needs, corporate events, things like that, Beefo Brady's can help you as well. They do all the things you need to be done in the restaurant and sports bar business. So Beefo Brady's, corner of Bush Boulevard and Himes Avenue. Enjoy the podcast. Are you in the market for a new home as we enter the fall? First time home buyer, you want to upsize or downsize your current living situation? Reach out to Titan Home Lending for all of your home lending needs. If you need an FHA, VA, conventional, jumbo, or even a bank statement loan, Titan is the place to help you. We will work with whatever financial situation you are dealing with. 
again, from Key West to Pensacola to Orlando to everywhere in between, Titan Home Lending is your home lending source in the state of Florida. Reach out to Jason Powers, 205-790-1404. All right, welcome back. Florida Football Insiders Podcast. Everybody wants to know who is Alex Golish, the new coach of the University of South Florida. Everybody didn't, nobody really knew who he was when he was hired. Kind of a surprise name that was announced on Saturday night. A lot of people thought Deion Sanders. A lot of people thought maybe um, a couple other names that were in the mix. But no, uh, Alex Golish, the offensive co-offensive coordinator at the University of Tennessee, is hired to replace Jeff Scott. Kind of a similar boat as Jeff Scott comes in with a lot of offensive pedigree. Uh, coming from the Josh Heupel system, was been with Josh for a couple years now, one year at UCF, then two years at Tennessee, and no better person to talk about all things Alex Golesh, who's covered him for two years in Knoxville. He's a University of South Florida graduate, so I know he has some vested interest in this hire as well. Vince Ferrara, 99.1, the sports animal in Knoxville. He's covered him for two years. Talk to him, I'm sure, a bunch. We're going to talk to to um, Vince about all the things about Alex Golish getting the job here at USF. So welcome back, Vince. Man, great to be with you, Jason, as always. Yeah, all right, let's let's get right to it. Uh, co-offensive coordinator, I know I know you've told me and you've been on this podcast several times talking about the access that Heupel's allowed the coordinators to talk to the media over the years. Just talk about his media presence, talking to you guys in the media, how has Alex done handling the media and just – interactions you you guys have had for the last couple of years yeah you're absolutely right we had a chance to talk to them even during the season they would make an assist, a rotating assistance two of them available on game weeks and he was in a hetman dc tim banks on a regular rotation so i'd say we've talked to him gosh since he's been here you know 15 20 different times which yeah. is which is cool um, I, he is, he's a different personality. He's very thoughtful in his answers. Uh, he is, um, very energetic. Uh, he, he's one that I think thinks through everything, but he'll give you some honest answers also. Like if a guy is like, look, you know, just needs to mature some, you know, for example, things like that, or we think our standard here at Tennessee is we expect to be the number one offense in the country. And he said that uh, earlier before the season ever started yep. uh, or maybe very early in September. And that's what ended up happening for a good part of the year. They had the number one offense. So uh, he'll give you some stuff. He's not just all coach speak. He's a, you know, young, younger guy at 38. Yep. Uh, so there's not the long list of, NFL guys he's coach I think going into this upcoming draft I think it's five guys including okay. Bayless Jones who's who's a rookie in the NFL some of those guys but I, I think he's impressive to me he comes with a little bit more uh overall juice than what Jeff Scott did yeah. I still expected more from Jeff Scott at USF honestly I think a lot of people did but I, I think Alex Golish. Uh, with how great the offenses have been that he's been a part of, I, I think he's an excellent hire. He knows what has worked under Josh Heupel uh, at his two stops. And the big thing for USF is he's 
a relentless competitor and recruiter. I think USF needs both of those things. What position, what's his position specialty as far as before, you know, what, what, what has he coached or go, kind of grown up in the business coaching? Uh, tight ends is what he has done. That's his yeah. baby. Now they have not had an elite athlete. They haven't had any Brock Bowers or right. Washington or any of those kind of uh, talents there, but they've improved their tight ends that they've had there under him. It's been Jacob Warren and Princeton fan guys that he inherited. And other than that, they've had a couple of freshmen either depart or just now hit the transfer portal. They, they haven't had that elite athlete. Now they do in this upcoming signing class, right? but they haven't had it uh, yet. So we really haven't seen him utilize the position that he coaches to the maximum of what they'd like to. They'd like to have, stud tight ends to where they can use both guys at the same time and not be a personnel uh, specific and based on who they have and um, and just really have multiple threats uh, on the field at the same time. So uh, expect that to be addressed in recruiting. Uh, when we see them on the practice field, which is before the season and in the spring, he's so detail oriented in the way he coaches guys. Uh, he will compliment them, but he will get after them as well. When we, uh, when we're in the press box and there's some angst, let's say coming from the press box to the coach's box, a lot of times it's Alex Golish. So he, that's another thing is he he's been in the press boxes. Okay. It'll be a different deal for him to be on the sideline. Uh, so he's a really high energy, super detailed guy that has focus on the tight ends, but he's been involved in the game planning and and uh, play calling as well, even though Heupel has handled the day-to-day -day stuff. That was going to be my next question is you yeah. hear a lot of these coaches, whether it's NFL, college, Heupel, Sarkeesian, guys like Andy Reid in the NFL, they've got a coordinator that's got a title – is was Alex Golish calling plays? And that's you know obviously you got the title as OC, but was he given the opportunity to call plays periodically throughout the year? What was kind of that relationship of who called the plays with this high prolific offense? Well, he was involved, but I mean clearly you can see Heupel yeah calling in the plays yeah. and you know covering up and things like that. So. I think Alex Golish was involved. I think uh, I think there's times where Alex Golish would say, "Hey, let, we need to do this. Let's do this," right. and, and maybe Josh was the one to execute it. I think it was a shared deal in the game planning, also. Okay. And frankly, quarterbacks coach Joey Halsley was probably the lead candidate to be the new OC to take sure. his place. They, they were all involved in all those things and would contribute input. But and it's 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 weird. It was never really truly answered by anyone. Okay. But in the preseason, his bio, Josh Hype, uh, excuse me, not Josh Apple, Alex Golish's bio changed, and somebody found it to where it said he's a play caller, and everybody's like, "Wait, how is that? How is he the play caller?" But it, I think it was a strategic move to help him in terms of getting a, job. a future head coaching job right um and so there there's some technicality to where yeah sure. he was involved in calling plays but 
I don't think that was a down in down out thing. I, I do think it was Hypel, his offense, and then kind of some shared duties to where you could technically say he did contribute in that area. Do you expect him to to bring this exact same Tennessee offense? You know, fans, if you don't, if you didn't watch much Tennessee this year, a different offensive formational thing that most people don't run. A lot of wide receivers, really wide splits with the wide receivers, opening up the middle of that field for the runners and in the short passing game. Do you anticipate him bringing that same exact system of USF? I do. And there's a, a lot of aspects to it. You hit on some of the key ones, Jason, the the wide splits of the receivers forcing teams to be have to cover sideline to sideline which puts you in conflict in where you're going to go if you're in zone coverage right it also forces teams to declare when they motion guys because you can't get out and and change and do a lot of switching um uh, unless they do a bunch set they would take advantage bunch to the boundary and switch guys a lot to where now you can get a linebacker on Jalen Hyatt. And they did that a bunch during the season. So it's it's a very smart offense. Another thing that's a a part of it is is clearly the tempo. Tennessee not only had the number one offense in the country, but they were one and two all the whole time Heupel's been here in plays uh, per Per minute. minute. Yeah. And, 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 and the, the tempo, tempo of it is, is crazy. Um, another, another aspect of it is, is the power run game. game. They, they still will run, run the football. They'll run the football sometimes more than throw the football. It's right. not a run and shoot offense because they have this tempo. They still want to run the football. And I bet they will work to have to always have a quarterback that they can involve in the run game as well and not just have a stationary pocket quarterback. So um, all of those things still be balanced on offense, the tempo, the forcing to declare, the wide splits. It really put a lot of teams into difficulties in coverage. And um, and then teams have to – they can't substitute either. Right. So it gives you a lot of advantages. There will be some transition there uh, based on the personnel they have. But – Man, it really works, and there hadn't been a ton of offenses unless you have Georgia-like elite corners right. or your team isn't ready to play like South Carolina game. Um, it's hard to beat them with all that they do on offense. Do you anticipate him bringing some Tennessee guys with him, You know, whether it's a strength guy or maybe some analysts who have been or some GA potential kind of guys, a couple of those kind of guys to fill in part of this staff? I do. I don't have insight on who those guys are, to be honest with you, but it's something that we've talked about and I've wondered on the air. In, in you know, elevating guys with their roles, you mentioned analysts and GAs and uh, maybe a position coach, uh, Kelton Pope, who's been sort of a young rock star. He was elevated in his first year as wide receivers coach after Cody Burns went to the Saints as wide receivers coach. So, you know, maybe there's a recruiting title to try to lure a guy like him and there's money. Another aspect of it is, is what does Tennessee do in response and trying to keep those guys? Right. Uh, they have felt, as Tennessee already had those discussions with Heupel, that look, we, we will increase that assistant pool to try to keep some guys. I bet he tries at least 
with, with some guys because there was so much familiarity almost the entire offensive side of the ball was guys that came with them from UCF other than that wide receiver position. So um, I, I bet he wants some comfortable pieces and then build around him based on who's available. So he'll try whether he's able to do it. Uh, not sure, but I, I, I would think at least a couple of those guys within the organization, even if they're not position coaches, will go with it. And obviously the last part of this is, is kind of the lifeblood of any good program is recruiting. What yeah. what kind of reputation does he have as a recruiter, both from at the high school level? I know you call high school games, yeah. the big prominent games in that Knoxville area. Was he a guy that you would see at a game every once in a while, that kind of stuff? And more, and I'm just as important, the ability to recruit guys from other places through the portal. You know, there's going to be guys maybe at Tennessee that maybe want some more playing time, whatever their situation is, or it, around the Southeastern Conference. You think he'll do a good job being able to foster those relationships with the high school coaches and other guys that are in the potentially in the portal? Yeah, yeah I, I do. do. In the, the first part of it, he's an excellent recruiter. Um, you know, there's there's, there's different, different recruiting sites that have different rankings. So he's not always at the very top of those rankings. Usually the one guy that kind of ends up getting a lot of the credit. But as a coordinator, he's involved in a lot of different guys. So – um, I, I think he'll be an excellent closer. I think he'll do well in that area uh, as he probably won't be able to do a lot of the day-to-day as much since he'll be running a program. But he, his relationship will, will help him. And that's the second part of it is that he's already has a ton of relationships in the state of Florida. When he was at UCF and he's recruited that state before so i think that will give him a jump to be able to to continue to transition and i'm sure he's had some of those responsibilities even at tennessee to recruit that area already so i i don't think it'll be as big a transition but um he is relentless in the in in the terms of josh heupel a relentless recruiter and he's been involved in a lot of guys and uh, i think Maybe the, the biggest we have because he hasn't been around that long. The, the biggest payoff was probably in this current class right. of guys that they have right now that he's not going to get a chance to coach. So it is kind of a weird situation from that standpoint where they got the tight ends, they got the quarterback. Um, so yeah, but I, I think one of the best things about Golish has been the player development. I mentioned the tight ends. The, the offensive, offensive line made a drastic improvement. The wide receivers, he's involved in, in all those things. And so that will buy him some time to be able to continue to improve and and add to his relationships in Florida and recruiting with the high school players. And then, yes, the transfer portal, too, super aggressive from that standpoint. And they've, they've hit on some and they've missed on some. Uh, but, but that's, that's kind of the, the world for everybody in, uh, in the transfer portal right now, which, as you know, setting records and the numbers that are out there. Yeah, and like I said, to me, one of the big jobs down here is USF offensively was okay. It's their defense has really struggled right. under Coach Scott the last several years, and whether that's a recruiting, a, 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 an element of recruiting, lack of recruiting, scheme, coaching. He's he's bringing in Todd Orlando to be the defensive coordinator when Orlando's got some experience at some other places, but 
that's to me where he's really got to he it's great if you score a bunch of points as you saw at Tennessee but in crunch time when it's time to win you got to stop some people I know you know obviously Tennessee had the issue there at the South Carolina game at the end and I know he's not a defensive coordinator guy but still you're now the head coach of the program you got to spend some time on the defense as well yes and then a lot of that is a higher and then it's a style of play and that's you know, when, when people, people were criticizing this Tennessee team at the time last year under Heibel, and then when they lost to South Carolina, and then people come out of the woodworks to say, see, see, <laughs> when they were nowhere to be found before that. Right. But one of the things that people kind of wonder about long term is that that offense goes so fast and gets off the field so quickly. All their scoring drives, minute 42, 218, a lot of that. You end up putting your defense back on the field. Now, you score touchdowns, then you have some room, margin of error to work with there. And then you, at the end of the game, you got to slow it down to, to get to the finish line. You go three and out, yes. and you do that, then that's where it's a problem. Tennessee in the first year had issues on third downs, so they put their defense right back out on the field. Tennessee had improvements in the run defense this year. But also the Tennessee offensive was better on third down. So they they were able to move the chains and at least buy their defense a little bit more time than they weren't as bad. Yep. Short of the South Carolina game, of course. But other times Tennessee's defense was was pretty good. It was is just hit or miss in some ball games. But that would be something to watch is that pace, putting the defense back out. If you can't keep the chains moving then that can kind of snowball you on that side of the ball. And obviously this is a minor thing, but it's still a factor, especially here in Tampa, the heat, the conditions of the weather. When it's so hot down here, obviously when those guys are on the field and you don't have as much depth as you need, you get exposed in a hurry on defense when you don't have those guys at depth. And there'll be some transition, not only obviously on the defense, but on the offense too, with the offensive line. And it took those big boys on the offensive line some time. They kind of admitted they admitted the last year that there was times where the the offensive line coach was like, hey, guys, take, take a deep shot. We, our guys are running out of gas. And they were better this year. That's why the offensive line improved a lot. But, man, there's going to be a transition. If those guys aren't used to going that worst speed, then you're not going to have as much success in going to put that defense back on the field. So it's, it's going to be an adjustment for everybody to go to that tempo. But, look, Tennessee went 7-6 with everything they had in Last year, I, I bet with some athletes at the portal, you may be able to at least get some guys to transition and and maybe at least keep it together, show some progress, and then you start bringing in more of the dudes in here too. I agree. So, so in in your opinion, you think Alex is ready for this role to be the head man at a, at a program like USF? It's not Tennessee, obviously, right. with the, with the demands and the expectations, but. You can't you you can't roll two more years where you win two or three games. You got to show some progress pretty quick, and there's some opportunity to do that with the transfer portal. Yeah, yeah I, I do. I I've, I've said, said this. I've kind of couched it a little bit by he can have success there, and I believe in him. But, but the school's got to help him. They got to help him with facilities. They got to help him with commitment. They got to give them the resources to be able to travel outside of Hillsborough County. And we all know there's a ton of players there in clubs yeah, right. and in state. But man, if you got to, if you got to travel to go get a guy, then you got to let them do it. And so the resources there, 
uh, Golas should have gotten some sort of assurances that they're going to invest. If they don't up that element, and, and here's another thing, and I you can't you can't just not participate or just dabble in it when everybody else is the transfer portal like it is and to to get the, the best deal. You, you have to have a collective uh, relationship set up to help you from that standpoint because everybody else is doing it. So if he has the resources, I do think he will make the right hire. He'll understand the relationships. Uh, Josh Eichel, the culture is a big part of them turning around so quickly is they were real to their guys. They, you didn't get a different message like Butch Jones, Jeremy Pruitt. They showed they cared about those guys. So I think uh, he'll he'll know a lot of those things to give them a base. And I do think he'll be successful, but USF's got to help them too. All right, Vince, great work, man. really appreciate the time. Took some great analysis on Coach Alex Golish. Uh, tell everybody where they can find all your great work online. Yeah, yeah I really appreciate it. And you, if you, you want, want to see any Alex Golish interviews and see what he's like as a coach in those press conferences, it's really impressive to talk from him. You can go to my YouTube channel. It's at it's Vince Sports. And give me a follow there, subscribe there, and you scroll through and find Alex Golish a bunch there. Uh, our website, which you can see on the video, it's 991thesportschannel.com. Video, podcast, a bunch of that. My blogs, predictions. And then also on Twitter, at Vince Sports. You can follow there as well. We will be in Miami. I will be in Tampa. And I will see you. And our friend nice. DJ Reeves be in Tampa before and after we go to the Orange Bowl to see Tennessee and Clemson. So excited about that. I'll my knees praying for that. It'll be the bowl game for Tennessee. So we'll get to be in Florida for a few weeks. Look forward to seeing you. That a boy. We like to hear that. We like to hear that. Awesome, awesome work, Vince. You're, you're the man. Again, he's, he, he's covered Alex Goals for two years. Knows this guy inside and out, so he's giving you some great knowledge about what to expect as the new head coach of the South Florida Bulls. And, and Vince is a graduate, too, so I know he's super excited at, about the new hire as well. So, Vince, keep up the great work, man. I appreciate it. And go Falls. Come, what, is, is that a New Year's Day? That's New Year's Day? Uh, December 30th, because of the playoff games, they moved it up. So, December 30th, 8 p.m., it'll be the only game in town. So, a lot of, lot of attention on that. So, we'll be down there. Let me know if you need anything from there. And go Falls, baby. Don't, don't be getting caught on South Beach now. Don't be getting in the, in the blogs down there on South Beach. Yeah, no, no, no promises, man. I've lost weight, so you never, never know. know. <laughs> All right, buddy. Have a great week. Thanks. All right, you too. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks for listening to the Florida Football Insiders Podcast as part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Net- Network. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review if you've not already done so. And you can reach out to me on Twitter at Sports. Love to hear your comments and feedback about our episodes and any program suggestions moving forward. Check out our video interviews as well on my YouTube channel, Jason Powers Sports Channel. And we'll see you next week on the Florida Football Insiders Podcast.